You're listening to the Renovation Student Ministry Podcast. For more information on RSM, visit us online at therenovation.church. Let's get going into tonight. I'm super excited. We are wrapping up our sex, dating, and relationship series, and we're going to have a panel tonight, all right? What's that? Q&A night. That's right. That's right. And we're super excited, but everybody bring it in, bring it in, bring it in. Three, two, one. Much better. And we've got some really awesome people on our panel, two of whom you may know pretty well, and I'm going to introduce them first. She is a small group leader, amazing, awesome mom, leader, mentor, volunteer. She does a million different things super, super well. That, that'd be good too. But Miss Brittany, can you come up here? And, and her husband is gonna be coming up. If you don't know John, what you need to know about John, all right, what you need to know about John is he's gonna make you laugh. He hates germs, so being in RSM already is like, this is not good. He's struggling right now. But we're gonna have a lot to learn from them. And then my other two people who are gonna be coming up here, you may or may not have met before, but one of whom is one of the key leaders here at Renovation, a lot of the times behind the scenes. But I'm gonna introduce his better half first. What you need to know about Miss Yolanda is she is wise, She's patient, and she's going to have some amazing stuff to say for you guys tonight. Can y'all welcome Miss Yolanda? And last but not least, we've got, and we've got, oh yeah, one more time, one more time. All right, give us some, give us some. There we go. This is Miss Yolanda. And last but not least, he, if you don't know, really does work behind the scenes. He's what you call the head of Renovation Central. What do you need to know about him? He leads, he casts vision, and he also tells me what I'm doing wrong a lot of times. This is Pastor Timothy. Give it up. Oh, oh, oh. All right, you guys can sit down. So I got some questions for all these people. Make sure your microphones are turned on. Make sure the mics are turned on. Test one, Uh two. Uh-oh, there we go, there we go. I think he's a professional, yeah. Oh, y'all look, y'all look professional. Check, check one, check. Is yours out of check. batteries, Miss Yolanda? No, no, she's good. Oh, uh, okay. Come on. Oh, there we go, there we go. All right. So tonight we got some questions for y'all, but we're gonna start with a, a real easy one, all right? Okay. Did Adam have a belly button? <laughs> hey, you wanna answer this, Pastor Timothy? <laughs> I defer that to John. Oh, I'm going to say yes. You're going to say yes? Yeah. Why do you say that? Well, how else do you get your nutrients? How was Adam made? <laughs> well, you know how he was made. How was he made? Well, we're made in his image, right? So you say God's got a belly button. Yes. God's got a belly button. Absolutely. No ear is heard, no eye is seen. Uh-oh. Oh, Lord. <laughs> All right. Now that we've got some giggles out of the way, y'all feeling like you're ready to listen? Y'all feeling ready to listen? Oh, wow. That was much. All right. So I just kind of introduced you guys. But beginning with, we'll start with Pastor Timothy over here. I want you to say who you are, and then Miss Yolanda, you say who you are, and then I want you guys to tell us how you met and how long you've been married. 
Timothy Pender. Okay. <laughs> and I'm Yolanda. Woo! We met in fifth grade. Fifth grade. Yeah. <laughs> in the fifth yeah. grade. Yes, met yeah. in fifth grade. <laughs> and what? how long y'all been married? 39 years. That's right. That's right. How many of you guys, how many of you guys have moms who are younger than 39? Couple. Put your Everybody hands down. Hands <laughs> Everybody needs to raise your hand. Yeah, my mom's a... <laughs> oh, my Lord. All right, all right. Y'all put your hands back down. Put your hands back down. We got married when we were two. You got married with... that? Well, that makes a lot more sense. Yes. That makes sense. He, he still had a belly button. <laughs> he still had a belly button? Okay, okay. All right. And uh, would you guys mind introducing yourselves... How you met? I'm Big John. Big Dickerson. John. I'm Big John's wife. <laughs> That's little Brittany. Yeah. <laughs> little Brittany. Um, and we met, we actually met twice. The first time I was in high school, I was about 15 or 16. But for whatever reason, we never talked after that. And then we met again, how long ago was that? 24 years ago? Five years ago. It was a long time. I was still I in high school. Compute. I can't compute. How long have you been like married, 16. John? Yeah, John. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 15 years. Yeah. He's right. Yes. That's right. There we go. There we go. All right. Now that we got some of the easy stuff, let's, let's start. Let's continue in the easy things, right? What is something you guys obviously dated before you got married? What is something we've just been talking about sex dating relationships that you wish somebody would have... There's a... What? Oh, no. Oh, no. That's... Oh, no. Get it, Lucas. The sky is falling. Oh, no. Yay. Yay, Lucas. Here he comes to save the day. Okay, he got it. Man. Everybody give it up for Lucas. Great job, Lucas. Great job. (laughs) And next time, let me remind you guys that when roaches crawl, the world is not ending. Well, you know, ah. you know what happened. It it didn't check in. It, it just, didn't have an it just didn't check in. So, so you guys, you guys don't have a, a roach drill. What's that? Y'all don't have a roach drill. Yeah, we should have. <laughs> we should have implemented that in the fire drill curriculum. <laughs> so, what is something that you wish you did differently in dating? And y'all just go. Whoever wants to talk, who wants to talk? What do you wish you would have told yourself? Did y'all split candy? Because, I mean, fifth grade, y'all was probably on the playground together, right? Are you worried about us? He yeah, said you. Yeah. You know, I was just wondering. I was trying, I was trying to help uh, Pastor Pender out. He's just looking at me You're like. trying to help going, me? Yeah, yes, sir. Okay. I, you know what? I'll just stay in my own lane. <laughs> All right. What would we have done differently? What yes. We wish we could have done differently. Yeah. Well, I think I wish that we maybe would have taken it a little bit slower. We knew each other really well by the time we started dating, that it was just really easy to kind of dive in head first and, and move pretty fast. And um, I think it would have been nice to have slowed down and, and been able to enjoy that. I think our kids would have appreciated that too. That's a good answer. What does, and let's, let's, get, let's get like a little bit more uh, informative. What does take slowly mean? Because that can be like we're gonna stay talking for forever, which honestly is sometimes a terrible idea. We're going to do this. Like, what does take it slowly mean? 
I wish that we would have done it the way that God intended for um, us to do it, and we did not. We um, started dating, and we moved in together pretty fast, and we had kids that we brought along with us, and um, it wasn't until probably right before we got married, or right after we got married, where we really started looking at what our walk with the Lord even looked like, and I wish that we had, it was kind of neat to do it together, but I wish that we had figured it out for each of our own selves before we had really committed to each other. That's good, yeah. that's good, that's awesome. Anybody else have any advice? I was gonna say, um, similar to what she said, and um, we didn't start, we knew each other in fifth grade, but we didn't start dating till we were like in the 10th grade. But because we thought we knew each other, you know, then it was way too much too fast. Um, and so. I didn't think so. Okay, but it was, and so, <laughs> and um, so, you know, we got ourselves in a, in a bit of a jam, and it, it just could have, I believe, if I would do over, I would be, stay true to who I was, mm -hmm. and not buckle under peer pressure, like what my friend said what dating should look like. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I should have went with what I was raised with, and what I knew, what the word said, mm -hmm. but I didn't, I kind of buckled with well, they said this is how you date, and so well, I would do that differently. No, that's 100%. That's great. That's great. So what, so what I hear, if we were to try and summarize what you guys just said, is you need to make sure, one, that you know who you are mm -hmm. before you date somebody else. Somebody else isn't going to fulfill that. Right. And number two, biblically. Biblical getting to, to figure out who this spouse is, you know, this dating relationship looks like probably a lot different than what the world says it looks like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so get to know the person, not but not biblically though. get to know the there person. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It's not a probable. It's, it's definite. It's Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what is something you think you did well? <laughs> it's children in the room. Oh, Lyric thinks the husband oh, should. Yeah. Go ahead. Ooh. What you did well, babe. Tell him what you did. I thought you were the person asking the question. How are we getting peanut gallery stuff coming out here? Listen, Pastor. They have questions. They, they have questions. Okay. What was the question again? What's something you think you did well, Pastor? Um, I think I, what I did well is I, I respected Yolanda. Well, I, I respected everybody, uh, especially her. But I was very respectful. Um, I knew how to put on the good boy costume when it was necessary. Um, but I always had intentions. And um, so that was it. Who said, mm? <laughs> and that's why it's very important for you to get to know and understand a person um, before you try to get in any level of intimacy with them. Mm -hmm. Because sure. most, most of us um, males, we are thinking of goals and conquests. And young ladies are looking for a relationship. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is we position ourselves so we look like we're looking for a relationship, but we're looking to accomplish our goal or our conquest. That's right. right. And so um, I was very good at that. 
Yeah. I was so good that we had our son when we were juniors in high school. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that, so, and everybody, again, this is, so we're being real with you guys, and we want you to know that every single person on this stage did not do dating well in a lot of different ways. Exactly right. Every yeah. single one of this, the people on this stage have baggage that they've been married 39 years, they've been married 15 years, we've been married going on two years, that we still have to continue to work through. So when we're talking about, hey, we need to recognize that there's oftentimes a bent towards something. We're being serious with you guys. And we're coming from a place of, hey, we've messed up before. And we would be doing you guys a disservice if we didn't encourage you guys, hey, hear this and then put some parameters into place. So as, as people who have messed up before. Let me. Yeah, come on, Pastor. Okay. We have a son and a daughter. Again, we had our son when we were 17, juniors in high school, um, 16, long time ago. Um, but as they were growing up, we used to all, this was, this was what we told them every time. Don't try to walk down our path because you might not get our results. Right. So we were very strongly emphasizing, save yourself till you get married. Mm-hmm. Do not get yourself in a, in a, in a sensual or sexual situation with anyone except for your spouse. Because just because we, God blessed us to overcome that, that doesn't mean that's going to be your same story. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to make sure that, you know, well, Pastor, Pastor Timothy and Miss Yolanda, they made it that don't, don't, don't go down that path. Because we were ignorant. We did not know, well, let, let me rephrase that. We knew what was going to happen, what was the potential to happen when we participated in sex. But what we didn't know is the ripple effects of us having sex being teenagers. Right. Yeah, beyond right. the consequence, beyond yeah. right. the right. ripple effect, exactly. all the things that go with it. Exactly. For instance, I didn't go to college. Um, Miss Yolanda didn't go to college until... We she, were adults. Because... It changed the whole course of our, lives. of our lives. Now, we both had scholarships to go. We had the grades. And, but well, you had the grades. <laughs> and then, but, you know, we had, to, we had to make that decision. It was a tough decision, but I think we, we chose well. Once we hit the brick wall, we didn't keep banging our heads against it. We stepped back, and we invited God in finally and said, okay, wait, what do we do? Because sometimes you think it won't happen to me. You know, but yes, those are famous last words. Yeah, it can happen to anybody. Absolutely, absolutely. So again, what I'm hearing is consequences are inevitable. You don't do things God's way, you're not going to get God's results. So recognize that. But the other thing that I'm hearing is that God can redeem anybody's story. So if, again, if you're sitting out here thinking God can't redeem my story, that's a lie. But what it takes is what Miss Yolanda said and in inviting God into your life. Um, we actually got a question very similar to this, and it was, if I have sex before marriage, right, but then I get married to the person that I have sex with, does all this baggage get carried into my marriage? Yeah, you think two Absolutely. people. Yes. Yeah. So I what mean, is, yeah, so, so let's talk about that. Let's, well, 
let's break that down. Um, as in, well, there's no loophole in God's word, and that sounds like a loophole. Like you're trying to find a loophole in His word, and there's not. Um, and anything that you do, like if you're living in the flesh, is a selfish thing. Mm. So outside of doing what God asks you to do and what He says in His word is is selfish. And if you love somebody enough and you want to eventually marry that person, you don't want to be the reason why that person sins. Mm-hmm. You want to protect them from that. You want to protect them from everything, but especially something like that. That's great. That's great. Absolutely. And it goes back to what Pastor Timothy said. Respect and honor. It's not respectful. It's not honoring for you to use somebody to pleasure yourself in the moment. Exactly. It don't matter how committed the relationship is. Exactly right. Um, that's great. That's great. So one question that we got what do you do if your parents don't have the same standards for you in relationships? Maybe, you know, I'm hearing that we need to follow God's word, but my parents, you know, maybe I have a, a parents who aren't living together or are living together and not married, or I have parents that are doing this and that. What do, how do I do this the right way? I would say you still do it God's way. Um, every man has to work out their own soul salvation. So... If you are here and you're learning that God's way is to not have sex outside of marriage, then you do it God's way. And like I said before, I wished I would have listened and not buckled to peer pressure. Or, and peer pressure, let's define that, who's my peer? It does not just mean someone my age, it's also someone who's in a level of influence over me. So it could be. This day and age, social media, right? Facebook. Yeah. Back then, we mm-hmm. didn't have that. It was yeah, we didn't have TV. That's right. Yeah. Radio. Any of that, yeah. Telephone. Cousins, uncles. Mm-hmm. That's right. Letters. Letters. Siblings. Books. 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 Movies. Movies. TikToks. TikToks. <laughs> be real. Snapchat. 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 Ooh, somebody done Snapchat. told on themselves already. Snapchat. Somebody done told on themselves. There it Snapchat. is. Snapchat. Yeah, if you got from my eyes only, you ain't doing it right. Who got a four eyes on? What is that? We'll talk about it later. Oh, okay. I saw a hand go up. You know, you gotta be at least eighteen <laughs> and have a four eyes on. Uh, yeah. All right, all right. No, 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 no. That's that's a filter on Snapchat. You gotta have a password to oh. get into it. Oh, okay. I want. I want. That's okay. not okay, y'all. All right. <laughs> on that topic of of influence of things that you see in in popular culture and all of that, right? Yes. What we are seeing right now is a huge movement of, of love is love, of you can do what you want to do, mm-hmm. you can be who you want to be, you can identify as what you want to identify as, and you can do that, right? Mm-hmm. And what we're also seeing is it's probably tough to stand up in a culture where we know that God's word says that marriage is between a man and a woman. We know that we're created in the image of God. We know that we are to be image bearers of God, right? Mm-hmm. It's probably tough to stand up for that, but it's also probably tough to show love or to maybe navigate with wisdom how to show love. So we got a question that asked, how do I love a a friend or a peer or a classmate who struggles with homosexuality, and I know that that's not okay? What should I do as a Christian who knows that that that's not okay to love them? I mean, I would love them the same way that I would love a friend of mine if she was living with her boyfriend. Um, I would love them the same way I love 
any of my friends who are um, living in sin. And um, just because I love them doesn't mean that I agree with them. Um, they may not be in my inner circle of people that I would go to for advice, but I would still love them and care for them and let them know that I was there for them without agreeing with their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That's great. And, and practically, what, and I think it's important to break this down, what does love practically look like in that situation? So we say we want to love them, we want to care for them, we're not going to support them. What does that mean? What does that mean in our interactions with them? If, you know, if they're on the same sports team as us, or we sit in the same class together, or we sit at the lunch table together, what does actually loving a person look like? It's still treating them with dignity and respect. It's still honoring who they are as a child of God. You know, we all have something. Jesus came and saved all of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whether it was whatever it was from, we still love them in the sense of they are a person and a child of God. So I still respect them. I don't necessarily agree with the lifestyle they have chosen, but I still show them respect. I I can still talk to them. I don't have to ostracize them because if I don't witness to them and if I don't show them love, who's going to do it? If, If I, the believer, would want them to change and maybe alter their lifestyle, I need to exemplify what the love of Christ is, not push them away. You know, Jesus, you know, he left the 99 to go for the one, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the, the thought process that, you know, we have. We, we, we stand on our laurels on where we are, but it doesn't mean you don't love someone unconditionally. You still, they are still a person, right? Whether it's right or wrong, we are perfectly imperfect. We were born that way. And if we weren't, we, you know, Jesus wouldn't have to have died on the cross for our sins mm-hmm. in order to make us whole and pure again, right? We're only called to be better tomorrow than we were today. That's good. Yeah, that's great. Now, for some of us, that might even be someone within our family unit. That's right. That's do, right. I, do I denounce them as family? No, I no. still love them. No, that's great. Yeah, and that's one thing. My dad says this a lot. I think a lot of times we think that you need to believe someone into belonging. That's not what Jesus does. Jesus belongs someone into believing. You see, the disciples didn't know who Jesus was until Jesus loved him first. The woman who was caught in the act of adultery did not go and sin no more until Jesus told her that there are no accusers and neither do I condemn you. So recognize that in your pursuit of people, what that looks like is loving the person first and recognizing that the Holy Spirit is the one who is going to quicken and change hearts. And Mm -hmm. your job is to show them that there is a better way, and the way to do that is to love them despite your differences. Um, That's great. Um, So on, again, popular culture topics and and things that are, we see that that a lot of us are engrossed in, right, is we got a question about the temptation um, for for watching pornography and, and for masturbation and things like that. What would you say to somebody who is actively struggling with that? How do you fight that temptation? What are some practical steps to do? Pluck out your eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, Cut off your hands. Um, That's if we were Muslim, but I guess we're not Muslim. Um, Practicality of it. I have a saying that um, when you have a a deficiency in your life, you have to face it, 
means acknowledge that you have this deficiency. You have to trace it and find out what has caused that to happen in your life. And then you have to erase it. Face it, trace it, and erase it. And so what we have to do is, is what we call in the mental health field, we have to reframe how we get activated in order to watch pornography. We have to reframe in how um, we put ourselves in situations that make us want to uh, commit uh, masturbation. We, we have to recognize that this is a deficiency that I no longer want to have, and I have to come up with methods by which I can change my focus. I know that's a little technical, so let's, let's break it down a little bit. You're sitting at home, you're all by yourself, this little naked picture runs across your mind, and, and instead of you allowing it to run across your mind, you grab hold of it and you kind of start in your mind, start looking at it a little longer than what you should. You start activating chemical responses within your mind, which then gets you to think about it even more. Then the next thing you know, you go to your laptop, to your phone, whatever method that you've been using to look at pornography before you look at pornography, you get more activated, you get more, uh, what's that stuff, baby? It's triggers. I, no, what's Dopamine. that, Dopamine. 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 Oxytocin. That's what gets you a euphoric feeling. And so you always want to have that euphoric feeling. So now we have to reorient ourselves so that we put things in place that provide us with a different level of excitement, a different level of feeling good about ourselves. And this is not a snap your fingers uh, type of thing. Even, even praying about it, because this is what the old church used to tell us, just pray about it and you'll be all right. But even when you're trying to pray about it, that image will still be in your mind. And so we have to look into the word of God and look at how I can replace what it is that has been drawing me and activating me. And there's different ways you can have a partner accountability partner that you call and you say hey I'm having one of them situations and you and they know to talk you off of that I'm just using this as a metaphor talk you off of that ledge they we have to realize that the enemy's desire is to isolate you and when he isolates you he can destroy you but as long as you are under the auspices, under the covering of God, and Jesus is your Lord, the Holy Spirit is your guide, you have greater strength than the enemy that's trying to isolate you. But you have to make the decision in order to not be isolated. I feel bad because I masturbated. I don't want to tell nobody. I've been going to RSM all this time, and I, sh I shouldn't have done it. That's why we have 1 John 1 and 9. 1 John 1 and 9 tells us that if we have committed a sin, that God is faithful to cleanse us of that sin if we ask for forgiveness and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All right, Pastor Timothy, I, I did that, but I did it again. There is no... Uh, condemnation. Not condemnation, I was going to say. There's no... You can go to 1 John 1 and 9 as often as you need to go to it. Limit. Thank you, baby. There's no limitation on it. And so the more, but the more that you ask God for forgiveness for it and you mean it in your heart, the more he will start helping you to reframe so that that picture no longer can stay in your mind. It, it just continues to go through your mind. You're like, I'm not doing that anymore. I don't, I'm not operating in that anymore. 
but it takes you having accountability with someone, someone that you can talk to that can tell you, you can say, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm, ha I'm having a struggle. And they can talk to you or they can say, meet me somewhere or, or do something to cause you to get out that isolation so that you can then reframe how you get activated. Yeah, because the power of sin of any type is the secrecy of it. So when we talk about sexual sins, that's all secret. You're not doing all this stuff out in public for people to see. So the enemy thinks he has you because of the shame and the guilt. And that's where Jesus came that we would be free from that shame and guilt. And so we don't have to operate in that. And yes, having an accountability person helps you not be in that situation by yourself. That's great. That's great. Yeah, if it causes you to sin, get rid of it, right? That's right. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. so, so elaborate on that. Causes you to sin, get rid of it. What is it? If you want to talk about this day and age, books, magazines, TV shows, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, anything that you're looking at that you, when you look at it, if you would not look at it with your parents or your sibling, your younger sibling, then you probably shouldn't be looking at it anyway. That's great. That's really, really good. And that's the thing. We, we often talk, oh, God's not going to give me a temptation more than what I can handle. Well, yeah, but also God says that there's always a way out. Yes. And what do we see in the story of Joseph? When Joseph is in Potiphar's house and Potiphar's wife, who probably looked pretty great, is trying to allure Joseph, what does he do? He ran. Recognize that you are not going to be able to face the full force of temptation when you just sit there and entertain it. Correct. There's a couple of things you guys said that I want us to pick out really quick. Don't isolate. Mm -hmm. Tell somebody and recognize that oftentimes when you tell them it's something that they are familiar with and nobody, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Exactly there's right. no shame in the family of God. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that you said that I wanted to pick out, Pastor Timothy, you said that that thought will pass through your mind but may, may not stay there. And I think that's an important thing to bring out because as your mind is reframed, um, we see that, that, that Romans talks about the renewal of the mind. Do not be conformed to the ways of this earth, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. As your mind is reframed, what you said is that those thoughts are still going to come in yes, every sir. now and again. Yes, sir. So what you are alluding to is that this is no longer a battle that there is maybe a, a victory in and it never happens again. This is something that you're going to have to face consistently, yes. right? Yes. So, so let's, I'll, I'll use myself for an example for you guys. I, this is something that I actively struggled with. I struggled with pornography. I struggled with masturbation. I w went way too far before I had sex before. All of those things, right? Those are still thoughts, regardless of me following Jesus and being pure in those elements now, being pure in those aspects now, those are still things that I have to deal with. Yes, Meaning that like what John said, I can't watch movies or TV shows that people are scantily dressed because it's going to put in my mind something that doesn't need to be there. It's going to trigger you. It's going to trigger me. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So what, again, what are some practical ways? I have dealt with this thing, overcome it, or I am moving towards that. How should I block that out? I know you said it a little bit with movies and TVs, magazines, etc., but what would you guys say practically in your life? How do I keep away from that temptation? Uh, the Bible says, you know, guard the, your eye gates. 
<laughs> so you really do. That's literally practically what you have to do. If you know it's not good for you, then you don't do it. If you, I don't, there's a few things I just don't do out of choice, but there are some things I know I can't do because it's going to get the thoughts going and, and whirling, which would be like, um, you know, what I watch, paying attention to what I watch on TV, what I read in the news even. Just because it's, it's displaced as news doesn't mean I'm not going to, my mind isn't going to correlate it to something else. So I, can't, I don't watch like, I love crime movies, but I can't watch um, CSI, the one with the SUV. I, I can't because I don't like that. And so it, you know you, and you put into place whatever you need to do to help you overcome whatever you are struggling with. So if that means, hey, when my friends say, well, let's go, we're going to go watch whatever the movie, and it's going to have a lot of whatever in it, then you, you say, hey, I'll catch y'all when y'all done with the movie. And don't be afraid to be your own person. That was what I was saying earlier. I wished I could have stood up and been my own person then. Now, I have no problem doing it now. But back then, you know, I, it, you know, you just want your friends to like you, and you're just glad they asked you to go because you want to be in with the in crowd. But that's not always the best thing, you know. And make yourself be the in crowd. And that's what I literally, by the time I had my son, I had to turn the things around in my mind and make, make myself see that I was still loved by God because I thought I had just committed the ultimate, that's it. No salvation for me. I messed it up. And so you, you have to take control back of those thoughts. That's great. That's great. Awesome. Awesome. Well, have y'all learned a lot from our panel tonight? Yes. Can y'all actually give it up for them? Come on. Yeah. Well, know that we appreciate you guys, and you are dismissed to your small groups. Go have some fun. Thank you for listening to the Renovation Student Ministries podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building his kingdom at therenovation.church.